We invite Gary to come and uh, talk to us now. And pray for Gary as he comes up. Father, thank you for, for Gary and thank you for the, the work and the preparation that he's put into this sermon. We just pray, Lord, that you would anoint him with your spirit now. May he speak powerfully. May he speak clearly. May he speak your words. And may we have ears to hear and hearts to understand. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Um, our reading this morning is taken from Matthew 28, verses 16 to 20. So if you've got your Bibles, Matthew 28, verses 16 to 20. <laughs> Then the eleven disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some of them doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning, everyone. And um, I'm linking back to last week. So I know I, I can see faces that were here last week and new faces that weren't here last week. But we're going to have a look again at the encounter that Jesus had with the man at the pool of Bethesda. And if you remember, that's what I spoke about last week. And if you remember even further back, um, that's what Alison spoke about. So I'm kind of thinking that God's got a sermon series on his heart, but that's how it's just turned out. Do you remember from last week the one word that was translated solely in the King James Version of the Bible? Anyone remember that one word that didn't appear in any other version of the Bible? Nick is the first taker. I was expecting Christopher to be there at the, uh, but father-in-law beating there. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, Mick. The word was impotent. And do you remember impotent in the King James Version of the Bible, which was introduced in 1611, meant something completely different to how we understand the word impotent today. It meant somebody unable to better oneself, somebody unable to change their circumstances, their health, their physical or mental health. Perhaps they were unable to change their circumstances about financial poverty. Perhaps it was the inability to make good life decisions. These were all people that we could find congregated in that place of Bethesda. Do you know what? 
These are all people that we can find today, somewhere, somehow, some way in our community. And it kind of got me thinking about this week's message. And I've entitled this morning, Receive, Respond, Go and Make. Why don't we pray as we start? Father, we thank you that you are father of this family. You have adopted us as sons and daughters into the kingdom of God. And and thank you, Father, we're, we're already experiencing and tasting what it's like to be in relationship with you through the ups and through the downs of our daily lives. And, Father, we thank you that we have been able to see just how faithful you are and how in control you are. Father, we pray this morning that as we explore this passage, that we will be encouraged not to hold back, that we would have no reserve in trusting you with our future. Father, you promised us in the Psalms that you would perfect that which concerns us. You are trustworthy. And with that in mind, we entrust this morning into your hands. Help us not to be distracted, but to focus on what your Holy Spirit is teaching us through the Word of God. And we ask that in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Receive, receive, respond, go and make. The man at the pool, Jesus came to him. We'll never know why him and not somebody else. And why not a whole bundle of people? Jesus spoke to him and asked him a question. That question was, do you want to get well? The man received from Jesus. The man responded to Jesus and was healed. Jesus told him, go, and sent him on his way. And his testimony was spread amongst folk and leaders alike. Receive, respond, go and make. I wonder if you can think back to that first life-changing encounter you had with God. I'm kind of guessing that you didn't wake up one morning and think, there's no thunderstorms today, there's no floods, it's lovely and sunny, it's warm, oh, I think I'll get saved. (laughs) No, it wasn't your decision. God took 
the initiative, just like when he was looking for Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden in the cool of the evening. Where are you? was the question. He came looking for you because he chose you. He chose you and he probably sent some slightly weird person to talk to you about Jesus. And now you are one. Well, a follower of Jesus. Or a weird person. Or, or perhaps both. He took the initiative. He made the first move and you responded. God is always taking the initiative and we are always in the place of the responder. And the question for each of us becomes, how do you seek the Lord when he never <laughs> leaves you? Where are you going? <laughs> I think you're going to race. <laughs> How do you make the response when actually God is always with you? He said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. And in our reading this morning, he said, surely I am with you to the very end of the age. What we're doing is we're allowing God to touch us. That's what happened on our journey to accepting Jesus in our hearts. You heard a message and you opened your heart. God touched you. You responded. Our everyday life is exactly the same. Nothing changes in that regard. God always takes the initiative. 1 John 4 verse 19 says that we love God because he first loved us. God always is taking the initiative and we're always the responder. Nothing originates in you, but we have Christ in us. And so what is happening is that the Father is responding to the Jesus in you. And you happen to be part of that relationship because Christ is in you and you are in Christ. It's a guarantee for us that the Lord is always connected with us and we can always connect with him. And no matter the circumstance, no matter the situation, you can always connect with him. Because the truth is, if you are in Jesus, so are all of your circumstances. If you can't be separated from the love of God, then your circumstances can't be separated from the power of God. How awesome is that thought?
Or if you put it another way, having you, having Christ in you is absolutely incredible because what it means is all of heaven is attracted to the Jesus in you. Right. Just think about that for a few seconds. All of heaven <laughs> is attracted to the Jesus in you. When, when I was when I was thinking about this, it kind kind of reminded me. And I first my first thought was etch a sketch. I'm sorry for those under the age of 25, maybe here, but etch a sketch. But I was totally wrong. <laughs> I think it was something called fuzzy face. And I kind of remember it as a board with iron filings in it and a magnet, and you could drag the iron filings round to make pictures, and there was like this bald-headed man, and you could make him a funny haircut, or you could make him a moustache, or a funny beard. And it was just like magic, and it was like endless hours of fun for a seven-year-old back in 1965. Yeah? Because technology's moved on a little bit, isn't it? And that's exactly what is happening in the realm of the spirit. All of heaven is attracted to the Jesus in you. There's something about the peace and the love of Jesus that is so powerful and so wonderful that it actually feels like it's magnet. What it means is that you attract blessing because Christ is in you. You attract favour because Christ is in you. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17, the Bible says, In Christ we are a new creation. New creation? What does that mean? We're part, and this is even more exciting, we're part of a race of people never seen on the earth before the time of Jesus. Because before Jesus, everyone had a visitational relationship with God. Now we are in the new covenant. God has made his home in us. We are a habitation of God by the Holy Spirit. He is living in you. And here's the thing. When Jesus is in you, all you need to do is to stay and abide and learn to dwell in his presence. When you learn to dwell, you learn to receive. And when you receive, it kind of prompts a response. And when you respond, it comes with a command and the desire to obey that command. And when we obey, it comes with the power, the authority, and it comes with the means to make it happen. So when we gather 
as a church family later this morning, may we remember what it means to dwell, what it means to receive, and the game-changing promise that it all comes from his gifting to us in the first place, the promise of the gift, the promise of the power, the promise of the authority, and the promise of the means to make it happen to his glory and renown. Receive. Respond. Go and make. All the blessings and the benefits of who Jesus is in the Father come to us. All of heaven is attracted to the Jesus in us. God isn't expecting you to love him from your own initiative. But he is expecting you to receive his love and to give it back. Whatever God from uh, wants from you, he intends to give it to you first. So all of the commandments in the New Testament are different from what they were in the Old Testament because now all the commandments in the New Testament are coming out of a place of habitation, coming out of a place of ongoing relationship. And this ongoing relationship means that we have to become the best receivers in the world. So every day, you have to receive something. And if we receive something, it's kind, it kind of makes me think that we never exit, we never finish, we never stop worshipping. Because we're always giving thanks. God always takes the initiative. And, of course, we all know how God loves to give. James put it this way in James 1.17. He said, every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights in whom there is no shadow of variation. He's always the same. You always know where you are with God because he never changes. He's always the same. I'm not a great fan of James. James is quite challenging. But I love that. I love that passage. So just in the same way with Jesus at the man uh, and the man at the pool of Bethesda, Jesus gave the man the ability to convert his problem, his problem of health, sickness, whatever, or whatever that was, into provision. The negative negative. The negativity of the man's situation was never a problem for Jesus. It was never a problem. But you see, there was an invitation. And what was that invitation? Do you want to get well? And following the response, Jesus healed the man. He got up, he took his mat, and he walked. And it's the same, uh, same way today. God gives us 
God gives us individually and as a church family. The ability to convert a problem into a provision. He never works on the negative. He just says, listen. Listen to me. Listen for me. Abide in me. Dwell in me and receive. He's kind of like saying, if all you're thinking has brought you to a place that you don't like, <laughs> he says, why don't I have another thought? What are you doing messing around with that thought, he says? Why not ask me to give you a better thought? Why do we get stuck on thoughts that are generated by the world around us? When we have a whole kingdom on the inside of us, that makes us think completely differently. Never work on a negative thought. Just change it for a better one and work on that. He says, I want to give you things. I want you to posture, posture yourself to receive. And in order to receive, all you have to do is abide. And when you abide, what do you think that posture looks like? Barissa's learned it over the past months. Our alpha guests have learned it over the past months. The posture is being modelled by Larissa. Receive a gift. How do we receive a gift with open hands? If we're getting nothing else today, then get this. Our role on earth is to be the best receivers ever. So think about it this way. Every day of our life starts with us receiving something. The Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, has so much to give us. And there's always more that God wants to give us. And the way that your life works in the Spirit is that you receive from God what he wants to give you. But you see, he has to give it to you first. I think, I'm not sure if it was last week or on a previous occasion. You remember I told you that so much of my scripture recollection seems to come from worship songs. And it kind of, in, that, in this preparation this morning, reminded me of this chorus. And Ali's not here, so she can't sing it, so I'm going to have to sing it to you. <laughs> you are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. For from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. And it reminded me that it came from Godfrey's scripture, Romans 11, 36. For of him and through him 
and to him are all things. To him be glory for ever. John 3.27, John replied, No one can receive anything unless God gives it from heaven. Jesus asked a question. I ask a question. What is it you need right now? What is it church family needs right now? When we abide, our spirit is always set to align with the Holy Spirit. Our spirit, it's like a radio, is tuning in to the giver of all life. <clears throat> tuning in to the one who gives. God doesn't need anything from us, but he yearns for you to receive good gifts from him. And there are unclaimed gifts, unclaimed upgrades for every one of us all around us. And sometimes we kind of get into this weird religious mindset that kind of says, I've got to give something in order to get something from God. That's the way that the world does stuff. The kingdom doesn't do it that way. The kingdom says you receive and then you can give. <coughs> Whatever God wants from you, he intends to give you first. So in the new covenant, every commandment is actually wrapped like a gift in the promise. Whatever God wants from you, whatever God wants from us, he intends to give us first. So when God gives you a commandment, like in the reading we had this morning, go and make, it's great because you know that you can only fulfill that commandment by receiving something first. Then what you receive, you can give back to him, through him, to him are all things. And there's a kind of peace in that. There's a kind of generosity in that. There's a kind of joy in that. There's a kind of ease in that. God is attracted to the Jesus in you. That's the joy of the Lord. The Trinity give you strength. They give you power, and that gives us some impotence. Everything is about presence. Everything is about him. Everything is about the fact that he loves to initiate. He loves to make the first move. 
receive, respond, go and make. So as we come towards a close, what I want to employ you this week is to make this a week of practicing receiving and ask the Holy Spirit to prompt your spirit. Go something like this. What is it, Holy Spirit, that you are praying? Because I want to be praying the same things this week. Because I want to walk through this week knowing that I am an iron filings magnet for blessings. You know what the Bible calls that? The Bible calls that expectation. Confident expectation that God, who is brilliant, is going to be brilliant to you. Confident about the presence of God. Confident that something's going to come from God to the Christ in me, and the Holy Spirit is going to push it back to God in praise and worship or some kind of beneficial word or action that touches somebody else's life. You are a receiver. Your primary role in the relationship with God is to receive, respond, go, and make. May we pray. Father, we thank you that you love to give. You love to meet all of our needs. You love to tell us about our inheritance. You love to teach us how to walk in that inheritance. And you give. And you give. And you give. And you give, and you give, and you give, and you give, and you give again because you love giving. You're passionate about giving. And there's so many things that you want to bestow upon us. So I thank you then by the power of the Holy Spirit that you are going to teach us how to receive every day for the rest of our lives. Would you also teach us, Father, how to take time out with you so that we may abide and that when we abide, would our spirit begin to align and tune in with your Holy Spirit so that we can receive all that you have and want to give us Would you help us to respond to your giftings so that we may full, fulfill your commission for us in our lives?
Father, would you, would you help us to become the amazing people you want us to be? And we thank you for the doors that you're going to be opening up to us simply because our hearts and minds and spirit are set on receiving, responding, and giving back to you. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.